Harper to talk about the Washington side of things. He covers the Commanders for ESPN, also hosts the uh, John Kime Report podcast. John Kime, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. John, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, before we get into the game, I just I wanted to kind of touch on the mood in the Washington D.C. area about this franchise. We just recently went through something similar here in Phoenix with a change in ownership, with a very unpopular owner leaving, and somebody riding in on on a white horse. That's happened in Washington with this Josh Harris, the Magic Johnson group. What is the feel, the renewed feel about the Commanders in D.C. right now? Um, so you have to go back a while because this is obviously an icon. It has been an iconic franchise in the NFL, and for years and for a few decades, there was this really long season ticket waiting list. They'd say it was over a hundred thousand, and eventually we found out that there was no more season ticket waiting list. But it had certainly decreased under Dan Snyder. So you go from having this iconic franchise, won a number of Super Bowls, obviously, and a fan base that was rabid. And it, it, it got down to um, one where there was a lot of apathy. And there were people who were still interested, but they wouldn't go to the games or say they, they would say they wouldn't go back or spend a dollar on the team until Dan Snyder sold it. And for many years, you thought, well, unfortunately, good luck with that, because when would he ever sell? So there was a lot of erosion of the fan base. And just there was so much mismanagement here. It wasn't just Dan Snyder. It was guys like Bruce Allen. Um, who just did not do a good job and, and, and did not understand this fan base and, and et cetera. So you go to you, so you have all that in the backdrop and then here comes Josh Harris to buy the team. And all these people now feel like um, ding dong, the witch is dead for lack of a better phrase. Oh, yeah. And then they're coming back and it's alumni coming back. You know, um, I wrote a story today about Champ Bailey going to be there for the first game. That's a monumental return for this franchise. A guy like him first time since, since he, had, um, since, since he left here in the trade. So, you know, like there's all that going on. So the fan base is embracing all of that. And maybe the only things I could equate it to is I grew up in Cleveland. So when LeBron James returned there, people felt like it was a new day and a title was already won the minute he came back. And nobody is sitting here thinking they're going to win a Super Bowl, but it's like the joy that people have is comparable. It's just, it's an, I mean, it's, it's been nothing short of amazing, the reaction to it. And, and as a final thing to that, they sold out the game Sunday. And that used to not be a, a story here, but it is now. And it's like they have sold out games in the past. I think there was one last year, but it was against the Eagles. So half the stadium were Philly fans. The unique part here is that it's going to be, you know, 90-some percent Washington fans. Yeah. And that hasn't happened in a while. And we know, yeah, we know that feeling very well, as my partner said to you, in regards <laughs> yeah. to the Sun. So we can, that absolutely. Does, definitely yeah. resonates with us. Franchise. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, I want to ask about Eric Bianami in this offense because from afar, it looked like there was a little turbulence at the beginning. Um, what What does the buy in look like? What is this offense going to look like uh, against a uh, very nondescript Cardinals <laughs> defense? Yeah, I, so as far as the buy-in, the players, um, Eric Bieniemy is 100% intensely passionate about football all the time. And so that's what, when there were all this stuff about concerns coming out, it, was, um, it wasn't like, hey, he's yelling us out on the field, blah, blah. It was more about just, you know, 
how is is you know does it ever let up and like what's the point here and so after there there were some meetings with him with some of the players and there has been buy-in from from our from my perspective right like you can and i think they understood more of what he was trying to accomplish and why he was doing things um and so you know i i think that part has been pretty good. And, it, and I will say this, like after that initial stuff came out, there really never was anything that went beyond. Yeah. So I think in that part's in a good shape. Now, I will say, if you're going to be intensely passionate all the time, you better produce. And so as far as what it's going to look like, I don't know because you have Sam Howell making his second career start has thrown 19 career passes. You have an offensive line where they're, they have starters at four, four, new starters at four spots. And you have a new offense, so when will when will it mesh? And then you're facing a defense that while he has faced John Gannon's defense and these guys have faced it, you don't know all what it's going to look like with this personnel. So there are some questions there, but I think where the difference with him is compared to you know when they had Scott Turner, I think I think there's higher demands on things. They're playing with a, a much higher intensity and an urgent sense of urgency. And the attention to detail is, is has been has been obvious. So how much will that pay off Sunday? I don't know. Um, I think Howell can be a good quarterback, but we don't know when that happens, right? So I would expect them to kind of lean on the run a little bit early, a lot of quick time, a lot of uh, quick throws, um, which they get in Kansas City with them as well. So things like that. But like it's right now, I'd say they feel like they're in a good spot, but there are a lot of questions still about the offense. ESPN Commanders reporter John Keim, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, there's been a couple of big injury stories with the Commanders, as, as you well know, both on Terry McLaurin. I know he was a full participant yesterday. Chase Young seems to be the more mysterious one. Can you update right. uh, their, their status, if at all, for, for Sunday's game, John? Yeah, and they're practicing right now as we speak, and I... This is just a guess on McLaurin, but I'm going to say I'm going to guess that he plays. Mm. Um, it's certainly trending that way. He felt he, when we talked to him on Wednesday, he felt really good. He just I think yeah, they always want to get through the week with a guy to make sure that there's no flare ups at the end of the week. That like after a few days of working on it, it's not swelling up. But right now, it certainly is trending well. We should find out in about an hour or so what his status is for Sunday for Chase. He had he's and if we're, I'm sorry with McLaurin, so people know he has he had turf toe in one of his in, um, in his big in the big toe and and the question is like it, it didn't sound like it was very serious it, it was a mild case of it but you still have to be very careful so that's what he's been dealing with and he's been dealing with it since the second preseason game on on um, August 21st so that's what he has Chase Young suffered a stinger in his neck in the first preseason game. Um, in, in you know against the Browns and still hasn't been cleared for contact. I don't know that he's been cleared as of yet. They just promoted another guy off the practice squad at defensive end. I don't know that it's necessary. Or they, excuse me, they signed one to the active roster. I don't know if that's a precaution for in case Young doesn't play. Sure. Um, but we, so he still has to be cleared by the doctor for contact. He has been optimistic. 
But he was optimistic last year about his knee, and we heard the optimism for a few weeks before he actually got on the field. So don't know yet about him. All right, Jonathan Gannon, finally, um, he made some headlines by a bit of gamesmanship by by refusing to name who, who his week one starter would be. And some people thought that was a little silly, given it's Clayton Toon and it's Josh Dobbs, and there's really not much sample size for either. So I, I'm curious from the from the D.C. side of it all, how was that, how was that you know, interpreted? Well, I think for Rivera, um, for Ron Rivera, Washington's coach, I mean, he understands the gamesmanship. I was like, I think, you know, I think he kind of respects that because he does, you know, they all do the same thing. So, but I did ask him, like, when you look at someone else's situation, how often do you guess right about what's going to happen as far as who might play, whether injury or starting, that usually they're pretty right. So my guess is, and, and what you do is you're going to prepare for both. Um, it makes it a little bit more of a pain in the butt. Um, but, you know, I think they kind of respect the gamesmanship because, again, they all try to play it. And, you know, I, I, I think they're, you know, it seems like it feels like they're expecting Dobbs, but um, you, you also have to kind of get ready for tune just in case. Yeah. John, thanks so much for joining us this Thank morning. You, John. I really appreciate the insight on the commanders.